Well, bless you all. It's great to be able to share and to boast in the Lord. It is such a, a perilous time, but an exciting time as uh, you know, we're in touch with people from many nations, many backgrounds, many streams of what is going on. And the Lord's been speaking to me for years, but I see with a greater clarity uh, his purposes, his ways, as we walk in the spirit, as we, we get out of the way of the Lord and we let Yahweh have his way in our lives, just as Sharon was uh, explaining about the the testimonies yesterday when she said Yahweh and that man, that Jehovah Witness, has had to cover his eyes as the sun broke through the clouds. Lord, we thank you for these divine connections, divine introductions, even divine interruptions, Lord, in, in our days as we walk and we go in the fullness of your joy, led by your breath, Lord, the Ruach of God in Jesus' mighty name. And so I want to share a PowerPoint. Can I share the screen? I believe so. Yep. Pull it up here. Hang it on. Let's see. Here we go. So we'll go back to the beginning here. And here, of course, is uh, Nancy's great graphic that she made for our end of the year catalog. Can you all see that? Yes, that's beautiful, and it, it just uh, expresses so much as the Lord is leading us higher, um, as the Lion of Judah roars, and unique expressions into each of our lives that we're a carrier of the glory, releasers of his grace and his glory, and I'm just so thrilled and thankful for what the Lord has done. This is our 25th year of serving the Lord with CMM, and we've just seen miraculous things. And, and I know that we are just beginning to enter in to all that he created us for, of how he orders our steps, guides our steps, and takes us into a deeper realm of the realization of who he is and who he says that we are. The glory and the splendor of all eternity is ours to enjoy and release into a parched and thirsty land. Let me move this side graphic here. And in um, mid-December, the Lord spoke to me these words of take heart, fear not, even rejoice. And as we hear, and I'm sure each of you have experienced, you hear uh, voices um, in, in our own country, in America, from the Western Hemisphere, from other parts of the world. And oftentimes you see an overlapping uh, confirmation, like a beautiful tapestry of what the Lord is speaking prophetically by the Spirit into, into his bride, his body, the remnant, the ecclesia. And we will see more and more end-time assignments of this overlapping destinies of how he connects us for a reason. I'm so thankful for each of the uh, the dear friends like you that we have in, in many cultures, many backgrounds, coming together, pressing into the heart of God in this time. And, and he showed me like this beautiful tapestry. I 
had looked for some art, but I couldn't find anything that would really express the beauty of what he showed me of how day by day, moment by moment, he's he's weaving this tapestry tapestry with like a um, royal royal blue and and purples and reds and yellows and silver. Uh, silver to me represents faith, and he's he's weaving these threads together, uh, almost like the the coat of many colors that Joseph had, and we just see this unfolding um, mystery, like this divine setup of how he doesn't cause COVID or the other things or the treasonous activities of some governments to happen, but he he allows them to happen to see what his people will do what the what the what God's people will do and and it's a time of um, understanding more and broadening our perceptions and understanding by revelation of all that Jesus is and all that he means for us to be and to know and to understand and the Lord showed Ezekiel what many of us are seeing today, regarding so much demonic deception and corruption. In Ezekiel 8, 8, then he said to me, Son of man, dig into the wall. And when I dig into wall, there was a door. And we are seeing in our day the mass deception and corruption globally from diverse expressions of a demonic activity of the Antichrist spirit. And the Lord wants and needs us to grow up get over ourselves and to be about the Father's business, walking in his joy, releasing his destiny of what he shows us, the destiny for other people to speak into their lives, but to be aware of, of the big picture, so to speak, without getting shipwrecked, without getting dismayed or depressed or oppressed by what is happening so that we can understand with the bigness of God and the broad perspective, and behold the kindness and the severity of the Lord. In unity, as this is something that is really on God's heart and each of our hearts, as mature sons of God, not superficial or artificial compromising unity, but of uncompromised spiritual union that we have in the, the unity with the Trinity of God, of the Godhead. And would someone uh, volunteer to read Psalm 133, please? Emily, go ahead. I was I was reading it. <laughs> she said that. Good timing. <laughs> There's an example of, of the Lord speaking the same or similar things and different people seeing it different or expressing it at the same time. Go ahead, Emily. Okay. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil of consecration poured on the head, coming down on the beard, even the beard of Aaron, coming down upon the edge of his priestly robes, consecrating the whole body. It is like the dew of Mount Hermon coming down on the hills of Zion, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing life forevermore. Amen. Thank you, Emily. And there he will command the blessing. What does that mean to some of you? There he will command the blessing. We know what he's talking about, what happens of that uh, dwelling together. 
But what is command the blessing? Did he want want to uh, express what he's shown you? You know, I hadn't really thought about it until just this moment because I was so touched. I'm looking up the Ezekiel verse because it means something to me. So I'm listening to Emily while looking at it. But but I was so touched when she said he will command the blessing life forevermore. And when you asked that, George, I thought about that and pouring the oil on the head of Aaron. I always think, and as we talk about in church, the unity of that, that Aaron was a type of Christ. And the anointing of Jesus in the atonement was the blessing commanded for life evermore. That's the only place we can get it. The only place we can get it. Amen. Life forevermore. And life forevermore in like every direction that, that God defines life, life forevermore. And in this new year, many will see confirmations of things that haven't made sense until now. How many have been seeing things that don't make sense? But now, you know, we have in on the one hand, um, he showed Ezekiel the corruption and the evil that was going on in Israel of that time. He's showing us, um, like we read in John 14, 12, that even greater works than these shall you do. So, so we can read the historical background in the Old Testament of what he showed Ezekiel, and, and it's like uh, um, humongous leaps in, in the, the manifestations of evil, evil and demonic deception that is going on. And he, he calls us and he prepares us to see these things, and again, not get waylaid or shipwrecked or distressed by them, but how do we uh, speak and declare the word of the Lord to impact and shift the atmosphere of the evil to bring in godliness, holiness, righteousness, and truth? And he, I believe he's making it simpler for us to choose this day whom we will serve. And I hear vindication for many who were wrongfully accused or falsely blackballed by mainstream churchianity. There's so much uh, freedom in the spirit when we are in his word, walking in step with him, surrendered, aligned, and partnering with the ways of the Lord. He makes a way for that. Even at times when we're, we feel isolated or alone or were rejected or neglected or overlooked or even ignored uh, by, by those around us, either in our family, our neighborhoods, our jobs, ministry, and including in the church. Expect undeniable moves of God in 2024. As we see the world coming undone with threads of carnality and Satan's minions unraveling, we will see and witness phenomenal undeniable moves of God. The world cannot deny his holiness, sovereignty, and majesty as the greatest harvest in history unfolds full of his surprising extravagant love. A few days ago, two nights in a row, I had these very um, intense dreams. And and what the bottom line was, was the, the fellowship or the koinonia that was going on with dear friends. And it was like, in the natural, we can take that for granted. But the Lord was showing this to me in a very significant way. 
and different expressions, but the theme was the same two nights in a row in these dreams of the the treasures, of the depth, of the joy, the, the love that was present in those small meetings with dear friends where we could open up with each other and just be ourselves in, in a safe atmosphere of friends uh, covered in love, expressing those. Don't take those moments for granted because those are eternal moments of connection with each other and connection with the triune nature of our Father and the seven spirits of God. And right now, I want to move this little box out of the way. I decree the order of the Lord into each of your lives, your families, ministries, businesses, and jobs today. I decree the fullness and the joy of the Lord as he expands our capacity. Capacity is a key word. This is the year of expanding our capacity for the ways and the will of the Lord this year, of helping us to, um, to see the good and the bad, the holy and the profane, but to be able to do it and to be unfettered, unswerving in our devotion and our love and dependence and utter surrender to the Lord that he's, he's, he's given us this capacity to know the kindness and the severity of the Lord. There's a new order released by him in our lives, the life of Christ, his word, his spirit, to expand your spiritual footprint in this year. And it happens in those in those suddenlies, in those moments of, of like Kimberly uh, or Sharon saying, um, Yahweh, and this man goes, did you say Yahweh? And he's hiding because the sun breaks through the clouds. That's a perfect picture and example of don't despise the day of small beginnings. And these are these are eternal God moments that he's doing to, to help us, to help him build the highway to heaven. Your spiritual footprint will grow this year. He orders our steps. He directs and lights our path eternally with increased authority and love advancement. As we say no to the world, no to the flesh, and yes to Yahweh and to his ways, there is an expanded uh, footprint that carries with us. And like we saw a video last week, um, some a student shared this video of this man praying for a woman, just being with a woman, and not saying anything, but his his pre the presence of God, the glory of the Lord in him. He was near this woman, and he was asked by this other man, "What were you praying?" And the and the other minister said nothing. He was with the woman, laid his hand on her shoulder, and she received her visitation from the Lord. And we hear each other say often, "The Lord is more concerned." with our being than our doing, this expanded footprint, this expanded capacity to be with him and to be with others when he calls us to be with them, whether it's to be next to them or in the room or in the supermarket together or to lay hands on them and to just meditate on, on God's presence and his beauty of holiness in that life, change comes. 
And we may not see um, the result or the manifestation of his touch or habitation upon their lives instantly, but it's up to him. We, we're we not seeking the glory. We're not seeking the recognition or the affirmation or the spotlight. We just, if we're obedient, that's it. If we're obedient, that's it. That's all we have to do. And God gets the glory and we'll hear perhaps in eternity, maybe not. But as, as his flames of fire, ambassadors of the throne room, uh, our job is to just humbly go and to be in his presence. It was like Smith Wigglesworth walking onto the, the subway or the train, and people began to fall out. I want that. I want what the Lord expresses for me to have in my unique way, not to be like Smith Wigglesworth, but to carry the joy and the glory and the peace of the Lord and to release that into whatever we do. And so this is a time to rejoice and to fear not. And even when the world is, is so disastrous in what's happening, it's like this is the Lord's design, divine setup for us to shine, to speak to the injustice, to declare his word, to go where he sends us, eat what he gives us and bless it, and to give thanksgiving to him with praise on our lips, continually to enter into his presence. Oh, my clicker is not working. Maybe I blew a fuse. There we go. Whoa, where'd it go? Oh, it went for a minute. Hang on. Now it's just going by itself. Be right back. Lord, we pray the bandwidth over the software and the internet. Our screen sharing. It is such a privilege to trust in the Lord. That sounds trite, but I'm a simple guy. And I love the simplicity and the power of the gospel. Let me move that up there. Okay, uh, would someone volunteer to read Isaiah 60, verse 1 to 5? And be thinking ahead, and others can volunteer for each of those scriptures. These were key verses that he showed me in mid-December. Isaiah 60, 1 through 5. Who's got that? I think I will. Go ahead. Me? Yes. Okay. Isaiah 61 through 5. Arise from spiritual depression to a new life. Shine. Be radiant with the glory and brilliance of the Lord. For your light has come. And the glory and the brilliance of the Lord has risen upon you. For in fact, darkness will cover the earth. And deep darkness will cover the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you. Jerusalem, and his glory and brilliance will be seen on you. Nations will come to your light. 
and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes around you and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons will come from afar. And from, I'm sorry, your sons will come from far away and your daughters will be looked upon at their side, will be looked after at their side. Then you will see and be radiant and your heart will tremble with joy and rejoice because the abundant wealth of the seas will be brought to you. The wealth of the nations will come to you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Amen. We receive it, Lord the wealth of the nations. We can see it. We can sense it. <clears throat> and Lord, may we be found faithful as wise stewards for you to trust us. Your word says, if you can trust us in the small things, you will trust us in the greater things. And it's a time for expanding his trust in us by being faithful and obedient in every aspect, every assignment that he gives us. Okay, Matthew 24, 6 to 8. Go ahead, Angie. You will hear of wars and I'm sorry. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of the birth pains. But the end has not come. We have lots of work to do, he says, to occupy until he comes. And so we're to be about the Father's business, to be focused, fruitful, productive, but also proactive in rest mixed with faith in order that we will enter his promised land. Okay, Psalm 83, verse 3 through 5. I can read it. Yes, go ahead, Sharon. Thank you. 83. I need to turn my light on. It's starting to get dark. With 83, 3 through 5. With cunning, they conspire against your people. They plot against those you cherish. Come, they say, let us destroy them as a nation so that Israel's name is remembered no more. With one mind, they plot together. They form an alliance against you. Mm. Thank you, Sharon. And thank you, Angie and Emily. Um, who would have ever thought, God knew, I didn't, that anti-Semitism would be so um, rampant in this day. It is just like, whoa. But he, he assures us and encourages, don't be surprised by anything. That those that are, are prophetic and, and moving in his spirit um, know these things would come to pass. It's just happening a lot faster and more accelerated fashion than any of us know. I mean, from from COVID to to this to the war in Ukraine and and Russia, and it's going to increase. So be prepared for wars on numerous fronts, and perhaps even World War Three. Um, but be prepared and know that the righteous are never forsaken, and the righteous never go hungry. And we need to communicate and prepare and share. Resources, share faith and encouragement, prophetic insights while we can, and then develop your your local uh, Goshens to be prepared um, with uh, food storage items um, or equipment, whatever's needed that you can defend your family and defend 
uh, the lives of those near you. Um, because don't mess with mama and her kids. Don't mess with daddy and, and his kids. Don't mess with families. That is God's uh, ordained structure and foundation of life on earth. And it's a time for families to draw closer together and, and to share, but also the family of God and family of community that we have in the school and missions. Uh, Psalm 24, who wants to read that? Go ahead, Nancy Nichols. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend to the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is he, this king of glory? The Lord almighty, he is the king of glory. Amen. Thank you, Nancy. He's the king of glory and he's preparing us. Many times we may feel like John the Baptist, like the voice crying in the wilderness, but we're to declare his words and to expose and uh, speak his words and his decrees. And last right here is Nahum 1.7. Someone read that, please. Hello. The Go Lord ahead, is good. Huh? Go ahead, Allison. Thank you. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who trust in him. Amen. Thank you. And so you see, like we're all in different places around the world in these outposts, or like we say in CMM, but like an oasis. And we connect the ways that we can right now by <clears throat> internet and bandwidth and Wi-Fi's. <laughs> but imagine seeing from, from heaven's viewpoint of what is going on, of the, the prayers of the saint, the intercession, the travailing prayers, um, the intercessory prayers, declaring the word that's going on around the world 24 hours a day, continually going up before the Lord, a pleasing incense and a pleasing aroma into his nostrils are the prayers of the saints. Uh, Philippians 1.29, for to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. So there's there's great joy, there's, there's Shabbat mountaintop moments, but there's also great travailing prayers, like when Jesus wept over Jerusalem, uh, we're created in his image. He's our older brother. We're joint heirs of Christ. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. And Lord, help us to take that to heart of who you say that we are. And Lord, that we would walk in it faithfully, uh, thankfully, and obediently, Lord, to understand um, the good and the bad, the evil and the holy, the profane, and the righteous. 
and Philippians 3.10, he's put on my heart for uh, decades, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, that we each die daily, that we pick up our cross, and there's, there's much that we don't understand, but we just listen to the Father for those, for those whispers and say, Son, I want you to do this. I command you to do this. Go and do this. And we don't, we can question, but we don't question his authority. We don't question his, his love, his deep, unending, perfect, limitless love for us. Uh, and it, it doesn't have to make sense. And oftentimes he calls us to do things that sound, sound crazy. And he's delivering us in those moments from the fear of man from political correctness, from uh, seeking to, to be a man-pleaser instead of a God-pleaser. And I love this next one, <clears throat> excuse me, Philippians 1, 27, 28. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. We're to be um, simplifiers of the gospel, to be explainers of, of the intricate or the complicated, to be able to, to speak peace to the storm and to hear and know and pray for our friends that they are about the Father's business in a way of love and unity. They're not jealous or envious or spiteful or creating division. They're bringing uh, the disparate side, uh, the disagreeing sides to together, not in, in compromise, but in understanding and listening with the Holy Spirit. We speak and we see by the Holy Spirit. He's teaching us this year how to listen by the Holy Spirit to see uh, the heart and the heart is intent of they're doing the best they can to be faithful and obedient to the Lord. And if they need help, then we lovingly walk them through the process. We don't condemn, we don't write them off unless the Lord has shown us some evil spirit at work in their lives. But most people are wanting wholeness, healing, deliverance from everything that besets or besetting sin that hinders their walk into the fullness of the destiny that the Lord has for them. And verse 28, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries. This is the key point to me that I want to highlight here, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation and that from God. Our, the spirit of intimidation is rampant, of twisting, Leviathan spirit, Jezebel spirit, um, uh, all those evil spirits. They want to intimidate us into backing down or to withdrawing, and we're to advance more so than ever <clears throat> this year. Sometimes it's by our being and not just leaving in fear. It's by uh, praying under our breath in the heavenly language of, Lord, what do you want to say? It's by going uh, after the Holy Spirit or asking the Holy Spirit, what are his words to say into this situation that can disarm the conflicting sides and avoid the, the mental circular thinking that gets nowhere that is just pure carnal intellect that we can pierce through. Uh, I know you've each seen it, 
and you're probably more gifted in that area than I am to have a word of the Lord meet in due season to be able to turn the tide around and to bring God's perspective. And sometimes it can be in, in a very simple way, speaking about their kids or their grandkids or their own upbringing or of a hobby that they like, or they may like fishing or hunting or gardening. And it's like, and just listen, be attentive to how the Spirit of the Lord speaks to be able to disarm them. And if nothing else, you put seeds of righteousness and hope and a transformed life into the, to that person. Oh, my clicker stuck again. Maybe I need some more oil. Surely the Lord God will do nothing without revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets. It is a, a personal responsibility for those with the prophetic gifting or the office, office of a prophet to be able to, to deliver the word at the right timing, in the right way, to the right audience. And sometimes I'm still learning he may give me a word, I always think it's for now, but it could be for years from now or months or situations in the future of what he's speaking to his servants, the prophet. And I love this in 1 Samuel 10, 6, Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you mightily, and you will show yourself to be a prophet with them, and you will be turned into another man. How many have been turned into another woman or another man as the Spirit comes upon you. Lord, we want more, however you want to do it. Lord, change us into um, men, into men, of course, women. <laughs> but that, none of that other stuff that's going around these days. Okay, now I want to share an example about Enoch and Elijah. They lived in dark times in the Old Testament. One was happy. One was depressed. 20 years ago or so, maybe more, the Lord called me his Jeremiah. And at that time, I thought, well, that's the, the weeping prophet. But then there's a lot of other verses from Jeremiah of what we know that are that are different. But um, a couple of days ago, I heard a recording by Rick Joyner, and he was talking about an um, a intense encounter he had with the Lord in a dream a few years ago, and he talked about meeting Enoch and Elijah. And he saw Elijah, and he was just amazed, and he was asking questions. And and Elijah, and I'm paraphrasing what Rick said, Elijah said, you've got to meet Enoch. If you want to meet somebody, you got to meet Enoch. And he met Enoch, and he was just totally blown away that this was the happiest man he had ever seen. And not just happy, like, like giddy, silly, um, drunk happy, but but just happy. And, and um, you know, we know that Enoch walked with the Lord 300 years, and then he was not, not. And Elijah was taken up in a chariot of fire as his mantle fell on Elisha. Um, and Rick spoke about um, what the difference was, and he, he had gone back to Elijah and said to Elijah, how come you weren't as happy as Enoch? And Elijah answered, um, summing it up in, in a short paraphrase way, Elijah answered that because 
he was in such intense times. It was it was depressing to see the evil. Like like going back earlier to Ezekiel chapter eight, and Ezekiel saw this evil that was going on. And and I see many Christians, including the charismatic and prophetic circles, they want the the Shaba moment, the glory. It's almost like they're in denial of the reality of the sufferings of Christ. But the Lord wants us to encompass that all as he expands our capacity of being with him, experiencing that he can can handle it. You know, the Father gives us trials or allows us to go into trials knowing that he's equipped us with everything we need to come out as an overcomer, to not get waylaid or uh, distracted or dismissed or depressed about it, but to grow in our understanding and our capacity to love the way Jesus loves. And so Elijah said, if I had known what Enoch had experienced, it would have been different for me. And he said in the in the end of the, his dream interpretation that the way we live each day impacts our eternity. And so how do we see? You know, we know we're going to see um, things we don't want to see, but we're going to see them, in the, and we're going to see them more in, in this year and the days ahead. But the Lord wants us to, to arise, shine, like we read in Isaiah 60, arise, shine, for the, the light has your light has come, and the glory will shine brighter upon you. And we know that where sin abounds, grace does abound more. He's expanding our capacity and understanding of revelation to be able to handle those two things that are going on. There's a lot going on all at the same time in an accelerated fashion, increasing stimuli from media, from fake news, from entertainment, sports, politics, government, brainwashing, perversion of little kids with pornography and twisted understanding of gender identity. It's like, golly, we wouldn't wish that on anybody, but here we are. What are we going to do about it? It's a challenge for us to stand strong, to save the lives of those that we can, and to make a difference or go down fighting. They'll know where we stand. How we live each day determines our eternity. And I decree right now, each of you will live to finish strong, that you will accomplish the good work that he began in each of you, but we're going to have to not only contend for the faith, we're going to have to, to fight. You know, heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force, whether it be in in terms of worship and in the sacrificial living and prayer and fasting, it's going to take um, sacrifice, but obedience is better than sacrifice, the word tells us. So I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here am I, send me, Lord. This is another great graphic by Dean Nancy. And there are times some people may think, Oh, well, that's that's us or or me or CMM helping somebody up the hill. There's times when I'm the guy down below and you're helping me get up the hill. That is an interchangeable position of the extended hand, the right hand of fellowship. There's many times when I need somebody's hand to pull me up the hill. And there's other times when I'm helping somebody else get up the hill. But put yourself in both of those situations so that we know that it's um it's it's 
it's not just all uh, top down leadership. So Christ is the head. We're parts of his body. We each have a different purpose. I'm a, a, a little fingernail. Somebody else is a joint. Somebody's an elbow. Somebody's a heart. It's like we each have a part, whatever we can do, but it's more of the willingness to look back and to help our brother or sister get up the hill that next step. It could be through a tough season, a trial of life, a family heartache or tragedy or sickness or personal challenge, financial challenges, like, hey, what can I do to help you? And oftentimes our, our um, temporary light afflictions, they quickly fade in the light of his glory as we're taking our, our focus off ourselves and putting it on our neighbor. We love our neighbors ourselves, and we love the Lord God with all our heart, soul, and strength. But when we reach out to help someone else climb up the hill to get past that obstacle or that trial or affliction, it's like then our, our own problems diminish. For 2024, I see a gathering of eagles standing in a circle in true unity amid wars on many fronts. We are in this together, and as warfare intensifies together as pillars of light, these eagles are each with focused gaze. And this is the thing about uh, the unity that's that's increasing as our capacity expands, as our capacity to understand the revelation of true uncompromised unity in the Lord with uh, in unity with the Trinity of, of the Godhead that we gaze, and as we focus our gaze on, on this subject or this subject or this subject, or we're praying for, for an end to the, the, the um, uh, homosexual influence in education, as we focus our gaze like these prophetic eagles on this one area, we get greater traction, a greater results in disturbing the atmosphere and bringing change. And so we're in a focused gaze and surrender unto Lord, exercising faith and courage, fresh revelation, full of his spirit and joy as he downloads his divine strategies daily from the throne room of God. And love pierces the division. We're sent out with these arrows of his love, of his truth, of eternal uh, righteousness and the standards set forth in the Bible to be able to pierce through the division, to pierce through the deception, and to stand strong. And we see that it's an amplified, magnified uh, voice when we speak as one with the heart of the Father. It's not our agenda. It's his will to be done on earth in our lives, just as it is in heaven. He calls us into real-life applications of the gifts of the Spirit to influence and shift Every aspect of society and culture, some are assigned to education, some are uh, assigned to governmental authority, some are assigned to uh, science or the arts or creativity or uh, drama and culture, some are assigned to international human relations or uh, diplomacy, for example. There's a new breed of prophetic forensic spies, just like Joshua and Caleb, you know, we can we can go in with eyes of faith into the promised land. We can see the giants. We can handle it. And we come back undeterred and say, 
we are not grasshoppers. We can take this land with faith mixed with the word of God, led by the Holy Spirit and the seven spirits of God. We got this. Let's go. Let's be about the Father's business. Here I am, Lord, send me or send us out there. And these Joshua and Caleb's are rising and being strengthened for life-saving, slave-rescuing, hostage-freeing, nation-changing, and liberating captives. Yesterday, I was texting with a friend in Pakistan who's talking about a, um, a slave family, um, a father and a mother and four children that were sold into debt bondage working for a Muslim brick kiln factory owner. And he was asking us and CMM for help to rescue this family. He says it's $600 to buy them out of slavery. I said, so what safety protocols do you have in place? Because we have experience with this and, and we're happy to share the experience that we've learned from freeing slaves, both debt slaves, brick kiln families, and sex trade victims of, okay, you get them out, then what happens? What, what plans are in place for their safety, for their health care, for trauma counseling, for education, for restoration and rehabilitation, training of vocational skills, um, and, uh, and mainly the, the education and the care of the children? And he, he said, oh, like, in a way, I could feel he didn't want me asking so many questions. And then I said, so what's happened? What happened to this family that they got themselves into debt slavery? Do they need financial management courses on how to be a wise steward? And I could kind of hear him going, uh, the, <laughs> I said, will you work out these plans? You know, we'll trust the Lord. We pray for their freedom and safety. But we want to put them into a better place. It's not like somebody wins the lottery and their life is worse off than before. You know, um, how do we prepare? How do we make the, the connections to get the support in place? First of all, their, their safety, where they won't be um, redrafted or re-inducted into debt slavery. And we've learned over the years, you know, do you have a, a government document of buying this family out of slavery from the Muslim landowner? And does the, Mu the Muslim factory owner, does he, he have to put his thumbprint on the uh, on the signature so that uh, he can't make up, you know, six months or a year goes by and he goes out and finds that family, says, hey, you're not done, you still owe me money, uh, you're back into to the slave uh, yard. Uh, how do we know that's not going to, and he said, I'll find out, I'll find I said, make sure these steps are in order so that, when we make the clean break and rescue these slaves, that there's a safety net in place with the protocols that their life will be better once freed, not worse. That's just an example. There's more we can share and we'll share soon on these prophetic foreign spies, but we'll leave that for another time because it may take up a whole class or half of one. I love this. You will also declare a thing and it will be established for you so light will shine on your ways. Let's talk about Ecclesia. We all love Dutch sheets. This invitation to cross the threshold back into the sphere of governmental intercession has not only been extended to me, but to the entire body of Christ. The age of the personality-based um, 
Ministries is fading and has been for some time. It's all hands on deck. We're all to walk in the authority, the humility as humble servants, vessels of clay of the Lord, of how we can work together, but to rise up in authority to know our place and how important it was. Jesus said, upon this rock or, or upon this ecclesia, I will build my church. And he, he, I believe, we're supposed to be farther along than we are, but it's time to catch up. And he's given us the, the grace, and he's been so patient with us all to be able to accelerate and increase the momentum in walking in this humble authority as his ecclesia. And I tell you, Matthew 16, 18 to 19, on this rock, ecclesia in some translation, Petra, a huge rock like Gibraltar, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower. So things look intimidating, but we're to stand up like David to, to Goliath when we say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Bring him on. You know, and it's not us as individuals or in our flesh, it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. And we know about the, the holy fear of the Lord, Proverbs 9:10, the reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord, the holy fear of the Lord is key for this year and every year has been from, from the beginning in the garden. And Isaiah 33, 6, there shall be stability in your times, an abundance of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. The reverent fear and worship of the Lord is your treasure and his. And you know these other verses there. Jeremiah 4, 19, my soul, my soul, I writhe in anguish and pain. Oh, the walls of my heart. My heart is pounding and throbbing within me. I cannot be silent. For you have said, oh, my soul, the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. Do you hear the sounds of war, of the drums beating? And we need to prepare. Prepare your families. Prepare your heart. But fear not. Take courage and even rejoice for the Lord is coming back, and we don't know how soon that is, but it is accelerating, and we're so blessed and we're privileged to be alive at this time um, to see the march of the ages as the Ancient of Days is, is, is moving through his plans, his purposes. There is no plan B. It's unavoidable, and it's much better if we cooperate with the Lord. We will see this expanding um, apostasy or lukewarmness or Laodicea in church as some fall away. Some in my family, some of our friends have fallen away that it's too, or they thought it was too great a price to pay, but it's too great a price to pay to not move in bold faith, to not move in courage, to not have a, a laid down life uh, in these days. And we need to move in stealth mode at times. I see many of us going, uh, and many of us work behind enemy lines. And we have friends, the other day I got a, a text from Farzad, he's in, in Yemen. Yemen is where 
the Houthis, um, Muslim terrorist um, tribe, are attacking Israel and, and shooting uh, cargo freighters uh, in the Indian Ocean, even off the coast of India. This is an expanding war that they won't win. But unfortunately, we pay the price because our supply chains are being affected. Shipping costs are going up dramatically already in one month. Some have gone up almost 100%. And we're going to continue to see inflation. So we need uh, creative resourcefulness, community sharing of, of goods, of techniques, of resources, uh, water barrels, uh, 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 heirloom seeds, things like that to prepare. I don't do this to alarm you, but to encourage you that the Lord is coming and his truth is marching on. And we're seeing this in an accelerated fashion and, and rejoice that we can still meet together online as we prepare. And I, I don't want to, I'm not preaching doom and gloom. God is greater, but there's there's a fight that is at work already. So Farzad is in, in Yemen where the Houthis are shooting missiles or sending drones into Israel or Syria and Iraq. Iran is sending um, drones into uh, Iraq and Syria. And I, I uh, forget how many were, were killed the other day. Uh, IDF soldiers were killed by drone attacks and landmines in the, in the Gaza Strip. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for the, for the, the peace and the protection um, and the safety of the IDF soldiers and, and we're praying for the release of the hostages that the, the Lord is putting together his um, prophetic finders teams in different regions around the world to pray and to see in the spirit the location of hostages and those that are held against their will or those that have been kidnapped. Some of our, our friends were, were getting ready to release us to others, but one group of prophetic finders in Dallas-Fort Worth area in 2023 by having prophetic teams go into the spirit and to seek the the seven spirits of God for for signs, for pictures, for impressions, for locations, for addresses. This group in Dallas-Fort Worth in 2023 rescued 93 missing people by the Holy Spirit. And so we need to go the age of the of the um, um Vanity type prophetic is ending as we grow into this new era of serious culture changing, slave freeing, uh, nation liberating type of the of the gifts of the spirit. And what the prophetic is really intended to do is to be able to shift culture, tip the scales, release the captives, and bring hope and salvation to those that are are missing or have been. Uh, held against their will. If we can get the button to click. Wait for my computer. Let's see, maybe that'll work. No, not yet. Okay, I'm going to stop sharing for a moment and then go back to the slide. What was that one? It's that one. Okay, now that one I want to share. Whoops, it's going all over the place. Okay, I'm coming. Thank you. 
for your patience and share again. There's roaring waves of demonically inspired deception, discontent, and division that are tremors of the increasing shaking both in the natural and the spiritual. This time is like no others in history, and the Lord knows his timing in Israel, his time clock. We're seeing this acceleration. George? Yes. George, your yes. screen isn't coming through. It says on my thing, oh, maybe it's my internet. Yeah, we can see it. I'm not seeing the picture. Yeah, we Is everybody see else it. seeing it? Yeah, we can yeah. see it. Yeah, we can see it. Okay. I can see it. Can you see it now, Karen? Put that over there. So, um, our maturing unity in the remnant of new wineskins will tighten and enlarge as our capacity grows and we see this uh, apostasy increase. Don't be dismayed. You know, we reach out to people, draw them back in. It's a great time for evangelism, this great harvest. Some are going to to be called to, and I think we all are, <clears throat> to those that, you know, uh, uh, easy term would be backsliding, but those that their faith is growing cold, and we're there to encourage them and to pull them on, like like that illustration that we saw earlier of, of one person helping the other one up the hill to go back. Some have, some have slipped. It doesn't mean that they're lost, but we may be called to be the, the lifesaver, eternity confirmer, message uh, carrier in their life to pull them up the hill. Come on now, snap out of it. It's okay. It's not that bad. And don't be distracted by the business or the media or despair or politics. You know, and, and there's like uh, this global networking. I know many of you are involved in ministries that touch the nations, whether whether it's immigrants that are here in America that are, are finding the beauty of the Lord, growing in the prophetic or reaching across the seas. But we see this, uh, of, hey, we're going to need to help Jews and Christians move to Israel, make Aliyah, or to Goshens. And there's Goshens across our region, Goshens across America, and there's going to be a strengthening, and there needs to be a training in the foundational precepts of what constitutes a Goshen in our day. You know, the presence of God, of healing, wholeness, deliverance, salvation, of um, kingdom, uh, financial perceptions that uh, realize uh, much more than building our own wealth. The wealth of the wicked that is stored up to be transferred to the righteous, the Lord is preparing the righteous to be wise stewards, to be able to handle the wealth that is coming in. And I had a vision back in 2012 of underground railroads for moving Jews and Christians uh, some of you may know or remember Robert Foster and his wife he used to live here, worked at Morningstar, and he lives in <clears throat> Idaho now. <laughs> and he wrote an article a month or two ago, and he was talking about um, what they call like the, the meta-prophetic movement. You know, of, of it's been a while since we really heard people speaking of, of uh, the truth of the Lord, and he referenced Gandalf and the Lord of the Rings. And then I was surprised to see the ne next paragraph, one of the last words that he saw that he counted as, as valid was, was my dream that I had in 2012 of the Underground Railway. So you, 
there's a link there. If you want that, message me and I'll send it to you. But we must choose wisely each thought, our words. The power of life and death is in the tongue, we all know. But I believe the Lord is expanding our capacity to understand um, the power of our words in a new way, the power of our thoughts. Do we do we see what God sees in other people, or do we expect the worst? Do we are we quietly criticizing and negativizing our perceptions of others rather than speaking life and faith? And I understand that, but uh, what about this? Or this scripture talks about that. And so we grow in in faith words, faith actions and a measured focus of ad offensive advancement of his kingdom. And the character is key to, to continually um, throw ourselves on the stone rather than have the rock of his judgment come against us, that we would have um, a true humility and a lifestyle of repentance that we can overcome. Jesus is the door. We know he's the he, it's the best doors that he opens and the best doors that he closes. And so this is a new year of some doors being closed, some relations being cut off, relationships being cut off at the leading of the Lord. He's our breaker, parrots in Hebrew, P-E-R-E-T-Z. He lives within us and he's breaking through. And you can read that in 2 Samuel 5.20. We are the governing force of the Lord to see, pray, and declare the word and the will of our Lord in our day and our sphere. You are each mighty ambassadors, and I decree, Lord, that these mighty ambassadors in this class and those that will hear uh, later on this teaching will uh, awaken and rise up, Lord, and that you would give them prophetic uh, dreams, encounters, uh, ministering angels along with warring angels, that they would walk with a, a humility as a servant, leader, king, and or priest in this day, Lord, some both king and priest, to be able to, to um, delegate um, your ecclesia and to dispatch uh, the warring angels to bring it to come to pass in our day, that we would do this with, with faith, knowing that we are nothing in ourselves, Lord, but with you, all things are possible, for you are limitless. You are unstoppable, Lord, and we are just your mere vessels of clay declaring your word, and we know that Jesus is our high priest and our chief intercessor, and whatever uh, we declare in his name, if it's according to the word, lines up with the word and his will, it is done in Jesus' mighty name. Is your heart available? Many ask, what can they do? Don't sell yourselves short. When I first was asked to lead CMM in 1998, I'd just been a salesman in marketing, loved the Lord, wanted to do more, had written down um, my prayers in early 1995, Habakkuk 2.2, write the vision down, make it known, and the appointed time you'll be prepared to run with it, and that I'd spend more time with my kids um, that I would write uh, books, uh, that I would travel into the mission field. And the Lord brought that all to pass. So prepare, even set uh, set prayer goals or goals, budgets, what you need to do to line up. And and I said, who am I to, to the Corrells? Michael and his mother, Helen Corell. Cindy had already passed on. 
I said, I haven't been to Bible school. I'm not ordained. And Michael, the son who, who died like a month later, said, the Lord is looking for available hearts. Are, is your heart available? Are you available? Will you be like in Isaiah 6 and say, oh, he touched the, the angel of the Lord, touched the cold to the lip, and you're undone. Can you get in that undone, drunken state of awe and wonder and, and say to the Lord, here I am, send me. You know, as new creations in Christ Jesus, what does it matter what he tells us to do? It's about hearing his voice and responding and obeying. And then discerning the times, discerning the seasons, like the sons of Issachar. But you're needed now. And like John 14, 12 says, even, uh, let me turn the light on since the sun's going down here in Fort Mill, um, that you can move forth boldly with courage. And I'm reminded even now of the heroes of the faith in Hebrews 11, that the one thing they all had in common was that they each did something no one had ever done before. And the Lord gives us his, his fingerprint of, of uniqueness, of no one else like you ever before in history or ever after us in the future. You're one. You're given every breath as a gift from the Lord. Every day is a gift from the Lord. Every relationship is a treasure from the Lord. And let us not abuse his grace or to take it for granted or exploit his grace, but to live a holy and a clean life with bold courage and obedience. Oh, and at the bottom here of this screen, if that's still sharing, I don't know if it is, um, you can sign up. If you want to hear more words, let me know. And we come back here. To stop sharing. There we go. Okay. Nice. Thank you. And Lord, again, I just decree completion of every purpose that you created each one for. Father, of, of boldness, of, of, of brash, even offensive speaking the truth in love. Lord, because we care so much for that other person's eternity and where they'll spend eternity, that we will say things that may even turn them off or push them away or even sever the relationship. But Lord, we desire pure heart and clean hands, even according to Ezekiel 3.18, as we see the evil, Lord, we speak to it. But if we don't, if we stay silent, then the blood is on our hands. And Lord, we desire a pure heart and clean hands every day in this year. And I just decree a bold speech, Holy Spirit-led unction of the Spirit to go into to doors that you thought were closed before. And the Lord is saying, if you walk through, it's open. If you go ahead, it's open. As we read in, I think it's either, I think it's in the book of Exodus, you know, the, the, the Israelites are fleeing the uh, Egyptian army and the Pharaoh, and they are uh, faced with the, the raging army behind them and the raging waters before them. And, and the people cry out to Moses, Moses, go to your God. 
You know your God. Go up to your God and ask him what we're to do. And and Moses goes up on the mountain and God says, why do you cry out to me? Just go forward. So this is the year of going forward. Many of us know what the Lord has put in our heart, what he's called us to do. And we may have been hesitant or waiting for the right time or things to line up or or the kids to be gone or the bills to be paid. But he's saying, just go forward uh, by faith that the righteous may stumble even seven times, but he always lifts us up. So I just encourage you and decree boldness, fearlessness, unstoppable, unwavering focus and intentionality of what the Lord has called you to do, that now is the time, it is the season to go forth and to behold the glory and the beauty of his holiness as never before in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. Good stuff. Good stuff, George. I'm wondering if people have comments or questions. That was really good. George, you have any challenging questions for us today? Yes. Um, what each one think about, <clears throat> and it's between you and the Lord, or you can share it if you like, what has been the biggest hindrance in your spiritual journey in 2023? Do you want to break up into groups and everybody can go in and, and share and talk? Or? That's a good idea. We'll have breakout rooms. Okay, let's do it. We're going to do a breakout room. Let me just go ahead and do that. Can I, can I tell this to everybody just before we... Sure. Break up. Um, one of the things that I really liked, and you mentioned it twice, um, George, was um, the thing about sometimes we're down on that mountain and we're the one reaching up. Um, one of our pastors said one time, and I, it just resonates with me all the time, as there's nobody um, in the kingdom that's further along than you. Everybody, we always put ourselves as, you know, we're not there, but the Lord has this, this perfect timing exactly where we need to be in that divine moment. But think about a hospital. She says, we are to be like the hospital. Sometimes we have to be the patient. You know, I don't care how far along, sometimes you're going to get weary and you're going to get sick and, and the enemy's going to put toxins on you, something that just drags you down. And that's when you become the patient. You're no longer the doctor or the nurse, or you're the different people in that hospital, depending on where you are in a situation with somebody. And, and you never know what you are in that situation. Amen. Good. George, any other comment on that before I? Uh, no, that was very good, Angie. That's a great example for us to all learn of. Good. How was that for everybody? You all solved the world's, George said they solved the world's, world's problems. Good. Amazing. Amazing. Amazing how in five minutes, Allison and I, jumped right in the deep end of the pool of the Holy Spirit. And I just feel like we both, well, I'm not going to speak for her. I received a divine impartation. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah, Allison and Norma are like that dynamic duo. <laughs> Anybody else? Was it good? Welcome. Welcome. Uh, Antoine, welcome, Ken. We didn't see you before. I didn't see your face before us as George was speaking. So anybody else have any testimonies? Hello, Wendy. <laughs> didn't see you earlier. Um, and Sarah. Anything else? That was really good. George, anything else to add to that? Um, this year and about the word, you feel like where we're going this year? 
um, it's a time to be expecting and, and mainly believing the way the Lord created you to believe. Oh, Antoine, while you're there, I have those two books you wanted. So text me your address and I'll send them. Okay, so, thank you very much. Thank you, Dr. George. I didn't forget. I got distracted. Right, Cherry? Yeah, I, I, I can. I can. You are very busy. As I told you last time, I was next week. I had to speak to more than 400 pastors who don't. For you. It was very tough. I how to speak on the subject of the submission to the authority. Oh, that's a good challenge. Yes, it was very, you know, how to pray for the pastor. It was, I've learned a lot because, oh, it's a, for me, say, it was an opportunity to to pray, to pray in, to learn from many persons who have been my my elders in the ministry. And you can have, Sharon Kimberlin was talking earlier about um, deliverance, I think. And Sherrod could, as an expert at casting out the uh, prima donna pastor uh, motif, right, Sherrod? What? Yeah. Ministers uh, of deliverance. So, <laughs> yes. so be bold, be faithful, be true, and and rejoice even during the trials of what's coming. And fear not. Take courage. Amen. Amen. I'm in preparation. Amen. Anybody else have a comment? I can see some of you are brewing in there. You got something to say. Just unmute and share comments. Yeah. No? I'm going to call you out and say, hey, I see it in you. <laughs> well, you know me, I always have something to say. <laughs> but um, the first part, the psalm, well, it was just all so good. Thank you, George. I was just crying during some time. I took a lot of notes. I appreciate it so much. Just so much to chew on and to reflect on and to let the Lord reveal and work in our lives about such wonderful, wonderful words. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking for it. Psalm 133. Um, when it talks about behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to draw together in unity. You know, it's with a group. I've been meeting more and more people that I'm able to get together and pray with. It's just the bondedness. It's just the power that comes from being in agreement with people. You know, the world system with no boundaries, they they don't believe in nations. You know, they and, and what did God say about that? That wasn't good for all the men to be one. But the one thing that God needs to be in the world to be one is his church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He wants his church to be one. And it's like you meet someone you haven't seen in a long time that's a brother, sister in the Lord. It's almost like it's the same. <laughs> it's just where you left off from. And there's it's just sweet oneness in the spirit and the love of God being in us to each other. His house should be called a house of prayer, but we are his house. So it's it was it's just really good. Mm -hmm. the, the closeness with the unity and the prayer and the fellowship. Mm -hmm. But thank you, George. 
Oh, you're welcome, Emily. And thank you, everyone. I was reading a quote earlier today by, I think his name is Epaphroditus or Ephroditus, who is a, a Roman uh, leader sent by Emperor Hadrian about a report on the Christians. And it didn't say where, but it said when they when he came back with his report, he said, well, they're, they're very uh, diverse people from different backgrounds. But the one thing that stood out, Emperor Hadrian, was, oh, how they love each other. By their love, by their fruit, you shall know them. And and we take it for granted too often, I think, about the, the gift of God's love and all that that means in its different levels and different expressions. Yeah, you know, I I think that's so so key. But I think you you may have mentioned this earlier too. I think the idea too is not just it's not in a compromise kind of thing or that that earthly kind of thing. It's because you're connecting to the Father. When I connect to the Father, everybody as we're connecting to the Lord, then then we are connected to each other. But there's there's that false sense of I must do or I must. Um, it's a religious thing that we can get into. And there's a whole, that's a ditch on either side, you know? And it's so mm -hmm. beautiful that as we press into the heart of the Lord and as we're praying, then even the disagreements um, get into that alignment with the heart of the Father. Because that's really, because we're not going to be in unity until we get, until we line up with the Lord. Because then other than that, it can be flesh. Or really, an artificial, superficial unity is uh, repelling or revolting. You can smell it and sense it of how yucky it is or sticky it is in an unhealthy way. And you know, I love in the, in the Old Testament it said that uh, Lord God, He is one. And I remember Miles Monroe' last sermon that he preached was on that scripture. And the Lord God, He is one. And and Miles' interpretation was or application was. Um, that the Lord wants us to be one, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, that there's um, Christ-like character integrity, that when what's in our heart flows clearly and in a congruent way out of our mouth, expression of our hands, um, without works, faith is dead, that there's this um, a vibration of congruence, of, of in character, of Christ out into the outward uh, uh, expression into our surroundings, uh, that when you meet someone like that, uh, that is in a harmonious um, vibration in line with heaven, you remember them. They, they could be uh, a welder or a blacksmith or a mailman or delivery person, but it's like there's something about them that they're, they're one within themselves. And the Lord desires us and gives us the tools to be one, and it has a lot to do with the foundation of character, of word, and the spirit being reflected in our actions, because oftentimes our actions speak louder than our words. But our, our identity, like as I'm, I can't expect that of other people. I don't feel like I can expect that of people. I have to be in alignment, and then I walk in the room, and I feel like other people, then they get to choose. And if they're not in that place of alignment, then there's that rebuff thing. And so I think it's not like I, we can make that happen. Do you know? Well, I, mean? no, I wasn't saying that, that we can, we have no right to expect that, because we can't control that person. 
but we can shape our own character to be a reflected a reflection of of Christ in a way. And and we can't expect that in other people's actions or in their lives, but we can observe it and discern it when it's present. Yeah, Lewis, did you have something to share on that? Or Nancy, did you? I'm, I'm looking around the room. Did you guys have something you wanted to share on that? Just in complete agreement with everything George has shared, it's where our focus is. Uh, I'm spending a lot of time talking about character beyond gifting mm -hmm. and the time of maturation and uh, just growing up in the Lord. That's where we're at. And as far as the open doors, you know, we talk about the challenges from last year into this year. It's the fact that there's been so many open doors and you need to discern very carefully which ones you should be walking through in this hour. Uh, oh, we need to mute Antoine because he's got a lot of background noise. Okay, that, that was really true, Nancy, of... Uh, discern the door. We speak about that often that there's there's many open doors, but there's very few God doors and we need to know the difference. That's good. So good. Lewis, did you have something? I can Ken Lewis, you oh you're muted here. Hey, Brother Lewis, good to see you. Can you unmute? Yeah, I met it. <laughs> Thank you. What a joy. What a joy hooking up with you, pastors and missionaries around the world. I'm just a little curious why our our men are lagging behind in the things of the Lord. <laughs> Just a little joke. <laughs> I'm so excited for our, our pastors, sisters in the Lord for being here. The Lord is raising a new army. I just followed, uh, apologies for my lack of connection earlier because I was trying to work out the time. I'm on a mission field in Africa now, and uh, you can see my light is not bright enough, but pardon me. Well, I joined when you were talking about um, the church, the gates of heads shall not prevail against the church. Jesus assures us that he is the head of the church. We are the body, and um, as long as he is there, it doesn't matter what the enemy is doing. Uh, he can do, he can try his best. He can persecute the church. He may do all that. But the more the church is in persecution, the more the church is expanding. You know, the gates, the gates of hell that will not prevail against the church also is the fact of the lives of the members of the church, people that come in the, amongst the body. Some people may decide to be vessels of the Lord or vessels of the enemy, either by hatred or bitterness or forgiveness. These are all gates through which the enemy may use to invade the space of the church. But Jesus still assures us that we are not serving a dead Lord. We are serving one who is risen and alive. And being alive is always ready to shield his bride. The church is the lamb's 
bride. And we know that the lamb is already become a lion and is able to defend us, preserve us, sanctify us, helps us. As long as we're able to obey his commandment, I don't, the devil doesn't have a chance. For James chapter 4, verse 7 says, Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. The only time the church, the gates of the church, the hell seems to be possessing the gates of the church is when the church decides to turn against the Lord. And so as long as the church is still striving, doing all she can to stand in the place she is called, the doer of the work is the person of the Holy Ghost, and he will always help purify his church. I want to say that though the church may be going through challenges, it's also going through the fire of purification at the same time. I appreciate seeing this team. I believe that God is going to impact us seriously and that uh, we are going to have a great time in this uh, cause. Thank you very much. Sir. Amen. Great to see you, Brother Lewis. So when do you go back to Italy? Uh, it should be on the 6th. I will be landing on the 7th. Right. Well, say hi to your family and to Prince and Pietro and everybody there. We met in uh, October at a prophetic roundtable. Wow, wow, it was awesome. <laughs> That's great. Yes, it was awesome. Thank well, you very much. For coming in. Thank you, Judge. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you, Dr. Nancy. Thank you. you. Yes. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Amen. Amen. George, anything else that you want to share on this? This has been good. Um, it's time to, to dream. The Lord's expanding our capacity to encounter his presence, and he's increasing our capacity to grow in sensitivity to the seven spirits of God. So, Lord, I decree and declare just increasing sensitivity to the seven spirits of God for each one listening and those that will tune in later. Lord, that this is a year like never before where we, we knew that we knew you and we thought that we knew you, but this will be the year that we know that we know how much we don't know yet of you, Lord, as you expand our capacity to discover the dimensions and the realms beyond anything we can think or imagine. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank you. Emily, you've got something? Well, I was going to say, I was just so I was moved about the story um, about the people who, re who were released with, with the prophetic. And um, I just think that we all need to move more into, like Ephesians says, doing far above all that we ask or think. I mean, this is a I looked it up that back in 2002, I was so moved by Elizabeth Smart. I asked the Lord, is there, you know, was there anything he could show me at that time? He did give me a dream about it was someone who took her, was someone who had been in their house and that knew them and all these things. And it did end up being her handyman. And I called them and talked to them, but nothing came of it. But, and maybe I should have done things different with it. It just reminded me of that. So, so we should just all be encouraged to step into that more 
because God's no respecter of persons. And so I don't know. I was thinking that was so long ago. And then I heard that story. So it just reminded me of that. The but Lord wants to set people free, literally, <laughs> in so, a natural sense. So that's so awesome. Um, I, I think it was like in the 80s there was that my neighbor um was she was from a Pentecostal mother background. But what ended up happening was she um she was way into uh tarot card reading and all that. So she came to me, she knew I was a believer, and she came to me and she says, um, there's a there is a um there was a somebody that was breaking in the houses, the real estate homes that were had the locks on them. And she said, I asked my uh, palm reader <clears throat> who it was. And she said, the palm reader solved the problem. This is in Jackson, Mississippi. And she said, so there, the palm reader solved the problem. Look, I was in my twenties. I didn't know what was up, but I finally, but the, but the Lord spoke through me. And I said, of course, of course, your palm reader told you that because the palm, because the spirit's a big world, the spirit world is big. And once you step into that, what ends up happening is you can get anything you want, even from the, the, the bad parts. And so I said, you know what? And it's going to lie to you to take you, to drag you to hell. I said, if you want to stay connected, to that you can stay connected to that they're going to tell you enough truth to, to get you into that place so you do that i'm not going down that road her mouth was open so you're right we do need to we definitely do need to hear from the lord and we do need to step into that higher place so um george would you pray for us um that we just step into that higher place yes lord father god we just thank you for this time together we thank you for these hearts on fire the passion the zeal that each one has for you, Lord. And I, I thank you that I get to learn from them. I get to experience and, and grow in you, Father, through them, Lord, that you're you're expanding uh, your body, your connections, your family, your ecclesia together, always with Christ as the head. And, and just like uh, Elijah on Mount Carmel, um, you know, and they talked about it, if, if Baal is your God, make it show it and if god is our god then we'll show it and he called down fire from heaven uh, to prove that the one true god is the god of abraham isaac and jacob and and lord that um i remember a pastor in the 90s when i talked about that he and i he he was having discussion with me about pres, being presumptuous uh, on the lord or overstepping in faith, or not a real faith, so to speak. And I said, was it presumption when Elijah called down fire from heaven? And just before then, he said, pour four more barrels of water on the sacrifice, and my God is able to burn up the sacrifice. Was that presumption? And he he changed the subject and said he had another meeting to go to. Um <laughs> So, Lord, help us to know and discern uh, of, of faith, God, the faith of God from presumption, Lord, and help us to go boldly, Lord, that we will not back down, we will not uh, relent or grow in fear or be intimidated by the works of the enemy, Lord, that we would speak and declare the word of the Lord, meet in due season, and, Lord, it's between us and you, Lord, and your desire to see it fulfilled, if it's in alignment with your will, have mercy and grace on us, Lord. We are each still growing and learning, and we just want to go forth with, with that love that you give us, that you first loved us, to grow in strength and to grow into fear and the admonition of the Lord, always 
growing in the reverential fear of the Lord that you are the true God and you have our best interest in all the universe uh, at heart, Lord. And we just thank you for your word and your spirit to guide and lead and to comfort us. And Father, we, we thank you, Jesus, that Jesus had to ascend to heaven so he could send the comforter. And Lord, how comes the comforter sometimes makes us feel uncomfortable? But Lord, help us to grow in the presence and the understanding that you are with us and you always have the best desire for us because of your perfect love. In Jesus' name, amen. George, you also said expansion. You were talking about expansion. And um, I kept seeing the, the tent pegs expanding. And I do know that there are other, <clears throat> other streams of Christian thought that are expanding their, um, their ability in their in their thought process, as well as their spirit man, to receive more. Um, I know Fiorelli, I can't pronounce her last name. She's doing that too. And I, every time I listen to her, I'm like, I can only listen to so much because my brain is exploding, right? And so I'm like, my spirit, I can only take so much. So I love that. I love you said that. So, um, so I do, I do, um, I do. Thank you for for saying that because I do believe there is an expansion available to us that we have, and I think. Um, that we can just um, today, just as you were praying that and you were speaking, we're receiving that um, that in that we step into that the ability we're going to be intentional about expansion in our thoughts and in our spirit man to to receive. I can feel the anointing on that. Just just to receive yeah. that expansion of thought and to step in. I see a big pool. We're just putting our toe in it and all these ripples are going out, but it's um, but it's very deep and broad. And so, Lord, we just step into that. Uh, as George released that today. Thank it's you. like a tangible capacity expansion. You know, the word says that the Lord would will not give us more than we can bear. And this is the year of expanded capacity. And, and there are things, like I mentioned earlier, that we didn't understand or didn't make sense before, but this year they're going to be made clearer and more sense as he expands our capacity. Amen. So bless you. Thank you, George. I keep hearing flux capacitor. What is that? I don't know what that is. <laughs> That's like, right? <laughs> mine got replaced a few years ago. So mine is, is fluxing capacitating. It's like that. It's like the movie, like back to the future or whatever, right? We're going to go like, we're going to like on really fast. Go ahead, Sharon. You have something you did too. Oh, I was just going with Back to the Future. Yeah, <laughs> flowing through there. But I do like the bold and being bold and courageous, uh, George, that you spoke about in there. Um, that was one of the things I was pressing in with the Lord about after um, I was witnessing to the Jehovah Witnesses. And um, I was getting a lot of questions. A lot of people were questioning me about it. You know, well, what happened? Well, how did you get them to let you pray over them? And I was like, get them to let me pray. I was like, um, I just started, I don't need permission to talk to my Abba. <laughs> I just put my hands up, start talking to my Abba. <laughs> they, they knocked on my door, entered this neighborhood, you know, where God's given me authority. And, um, well, you know, he gives me authority. We're sometimes outside this neighborhood too, right? But there's just a boldness in there. But he told me when I was pressing in with him um, that it, the Christian etiquette needs to go out the window. So that goes along with that boldness, you know, that mindset of um, 
the, which is good at times, but the, oh, can I pray for you? Oh, let me pray for you, you know? And then, cause it's like that baby steps I know in my walk that I've taken of, um, oh, you know, well, can I, is, do you have any prayer requests? Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you. And then to the expectations of and shocking people where you actually pray for them right then, you know, <laughs> to the boldness of, when you're talking and preaching, you just go right into that conversation of prayer with your father, you know, and declaring and decreeing things over. So it is that boldness that um, um, is is throwing out the things that we put on through our filter. That makes sense. Our filter of Christian etiquette that we think we're supposed to go and we're blocking out that where the spirit wants us to go. That made sense at all. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Sharon. That reminds me of years ago. I've been to Guatemala like 32 times, and we encounter a lot of Catholics in different countries. And we have a lot of really precious, uh, God-fearing Catholics, spirit-filled Catholics in different nations. But I was at this one group up in the rainforest, and they were talking Catholic, and I was talking about the, the centrality of Jesus Christ over everyone else, including his his mother, and some of them were getting a little upset or um, bothered under the collar, and and they kind of looked perplexed and didn't understand why I was kept pressing into that. And and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, "Just make it simple for them." So I said, "If you are sick, do you want to go see the doctor or the doctor's mother?" And a couple of them said, "Oh, the doctor, of course." I said, "Well, that's Jesus." <laughs> We love Mary, but we don't worship Mary. We we need healing, and Jesus is the doctor. And that really broke through. In fact, in that group, things began to open up, and so the local uh, cathedral actually let us hold some meetings inside the cathedral. And they said, you can have a meeting all afternoon. Just remember, you have to be out of the sanctuary by 6 p.m. mass time. We said, oh, thank you very much, Father. And then it was like quarter to six, and he was tapping his watch, and and he said, oh, you can keep going. Just take your group out into the patio and we'll, we'll do mass inside and you do yours outside. And some of the mass attendees came outside to, because they were curious of who these crazy gringos were. So have fun and be bold. That was the spirit of boldness that came on you too, Sharon. Yes, Powerful. definitely. Sharon. Oh, I love that. I love that. All right. Well, thank you guys. George, any, any last prayers or any last thoughts? No. Okay. He's like, okay, let's go. <laughs> All right. Thank All you. Right. Next week, next week we're going to do next two weeks. We're going to do building a building a class um, for online. We're going to be talking about some of that. We've got an incredible um, man to teach uh, on leadership, to talk about leadership, leader over 70,000 U.S. troops. It'll be really interesting. I think you guys will be really blessed to hear him. Um, and so we have a, a good lineup. Etienne Blom will be back. Dr. Etienne will be back too. So we've got we've got a good lineup here this spring. So um, if you're needing help with your dissertation, um, just hit me up. I've been meeting and talking to different ones of you guys. So let me know where we are in the process if you need some help, okay? And so we're looking forward to hearing more from you and can't wait till to see and read your books. Amen? Amen. Looking forward to it. Okay. Good night. Love you all. Bye-bye.